Dollars for the press of the south Fuck that yabba dabba do shit bitch I just got out Still rapping slapping kittens and grabbing my cock I'm the artist that golf artist that hard as a rock You gon' fuck around and make me knock it fruit juice loose Banana you watermelon and pomegranate too Rhyming kung fu that split bamboo Crowd rockin' ain't no stopping that rappin' ass fool I been bad bro but you getting mad fuck I'm gon' have to fuck you up I eat flames up shit fire out Make me light my butt I got a lot of debate All they have a fucking dollhouse like Snoopy Curtains go up It's going down to the thing Out the frame with my band my birthday it's my birthday i must spend my money all right so it's not really my birthday and uh, therefore i have no birthday money to spend but it's the parlor's birthday hooray core i done made it three years didn't i isn't that exciting gotta say bit surprised that i've stuck it out for this long because editing sucks a dick um <laughs> no i kid it does suck but um it would never stop me from rambling because rambling's far too much fun. Uh, speaking of rambling, got a good one for you this episode. I managed to bag two delightful gents to talk to for my third birthday interview episode extravaganza and they're both wonderful and they both just started rambling about all sorts of nerd things which made me happy because interviews make me really nervous as I know I'm supposed to focus on the person and what it is that they do and obviously I try and do that where I can but Sometimes the conversation just naturally wanders off and I really hate like dragging it back onto track because it feels awkward. But luckily I had two chaps who were happy to just wander off with me anyway, <laughs> which is great. Um, the first interview that you're going to hear is with the absolutely wonderful Pat Loika. If you don't know who Pat is, you've clearly been living under a rock for quite a long time. He's basically a mega nerd. I don't think you'd mind me saying that. He's done comics drawing he works with comiXology he goes to tons of cons he does i'm not sure if it's unofficial or official actually con photography he's a massive massive collector if you've ever looked at those like shelf porn websites and things that are just like ooh, look at all these delightful books it's basically what his whole house looks like <laughs> it's kind of amazing and he's a wonderful chap and we had a great chat about basically everything spider-man news uh, well do you know what i'm not going to give away the farm here's the uh, here's the interview
How's it going? Not too shabby. How are you? Good, good. Oh, good, good stuff. I'm so glad this is all working because I have had like the world's largest amount of problems with technology lately. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, I, I know how that is. Like, I, I had issues like a couple of weeks back. Thankfully, things are seemingly normal now. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I had to revert to an old version of Skype, so it keeps popping up. Are you sure you don't want to upgrade? And I'm like, sod off. Oh yeah, all those older Skypes are way better than the newer ones. The newer ones are such a hassle. Mm-hmm. Very much so. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just getting over a bit of a cold, so I do apologise if I keep like coughing all over you and things. No worries. It's fine. <laughs> Welcome to the parlour. Good to be here. <laughs> I don't want to keep you too long because I understand that you are an incredibly busy man. So um, I'll just ramble and at some stage just tell me to shut up when you want to go. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, do, uh, are we focusing on anything in particular today or...? Um, not really. I mean, obviously wanted to talk about you a bit, given the fact that you are, according to BuzzFeed, the uh, comic book industry's greatest sidekick. <laughs> and also the news about Spider-Man and Marvel just dropped, so I'm definitely going to want to ramble about that for a bit. But <laughs> That works for me. Good stuff. Well, I mean, for those people who... Uh, I-, I will actually record a separate intro. I'm not that terrible uh, at, at being a host. Well, I am pretty crap, but that's not the point. Um, for the people that don't really know who you are, do you want to tell people who you are and what you do? Um, of course. Uh, my name is Pat Loika. I I do a podcast where I talk about comics and talk to comic creators. It's called Loika Mania. And every now and then I write and sometimes even draw comics of my own. But I, I'm more focused really on the, on the fan side and or on the, I guess, the podcasting side of things. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, I'm, like a, I'm kind of like a, I guess, a regular, you would say, <laughs> at a lot of conventions. Uh-huh. I, go to, I, go to, I go to at least five conventions a year, although that's kind of a small number compared to some people these days. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just like a, a, a man or a nerd about town, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, the, the thing that I am... Um... I stalk you a little bit on the internet and I do apologise for that. But one of the things that I like the most about stalking you on the internet is the fact that you put up some really cracking photos of conventions. Thank you. I'm assuming photography is like a fairly big thing for you then. Yeah, I, I love photography. It's 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 kind of it's it's my favorite of my hobbies right now and you can say that came about because I I got really frustrated as an artist because uh you know there there's so many great artists out there and I can't seem to find something that can't seem to find something in my own work that will put me in like a similar level, and then all of a sudden I start playing around with the camera, and I re- camera, and I realize, ah, there might be something to this. This, <laughs> this, is, this is a lot more fun, and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm still making pictures, but you know, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Draw. I was, I think conventions are probably one of the best places for that as well. What with all the uh, awesome stuff on display. Absolutely, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things to see. Uh, lots of there's a lot of really really appealing things out there too. So you can't really uh, I, I can't I can't really complain. I, I, I love it. It's it's fun. And, you know, it, it's in a way you know like I take pictures of you know creators. And I take pictures of, of, of costumes and cosplay, and a lot of them are my friends. So it's like making art with friends, but you know in a kind of a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so incredibly jealous of people who get to go to cons with such a big cosplay element because um i mean i only go to sort of one or two cons a year over here anyway but cosplays i, d- I don't know if it's because of the the typically british thing of being a little bit reserved but it's not it doesn't seem to be as big of a thing over here and that saddens me a bit because some of the costumes that people make are just ridiculous it, it seems to be a growing thing though because i've, I've seen pictures from like a L- london supercon and, uh, and other shows 
up there, and it seems like it's it's kind of it's kind of a growing thing in Europe. So you know, you'll you'll, you'll probably see more of that. I think it's, it's trending. It's trending towards you know becoming more popular than 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 it than it currently is out mm-hmm. there. So you you'll probably get your chance. <laughs> I think it's the weather. That's what I reckon. I reckon nobody well, nobody yeah. wants to rock a leotard in the uh, in the rain in Britain. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I made my first attempt at cosplay last year and uh, made the mistake of wearing quite a thick leather jacket and almost died of sweat. So. I don't... Oh, what costume did you do? I did. Uh, I did like a lady version of Wolverine. With like sort of victory rolls for hair and stuff, and uh, oh, it looked wicked. Like not to toot my own horn, but um, toot. But yeah, like after about ten minutes, I was like, I've so got the utmost respect for anybody who cosplays because I was absolutely sweating cops. <laughs> it was horrendous. Yeah, I imagine. I, I mean, I've uh, I've always toyed with the possibility of doing it myself mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know. Like, I, it's like all my friends are having fun in their, in their in their outfits, and here I am just taking their pictures. And like, I want to be in the picture too with you guys. I want to be my friends. So it's something I'm toying with, and maybe something I might uh, I might dabble into you know, later this year. <laughs> Ooh, keep my eyes peeled for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean, part of uh, one of the f- more fun things I've discovered in my experience, you know, over the last couple of years is that you know I'm sure you've seen it that I, I, I've I've been drawn into a few comic books, so I, I feel like I, I it's my obligation to cosplay as a character that shows up in the comic, so. I'm kind of leaning towards like a, getting like a shield, uh, you know, those shield jumpsuits, and then just run around the convention <laughs> in that. That would be so wonderful. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun, <laughs> and, and then I get to see how it's like to be on that on that side of the camera or whatever. So we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Could be a train wreck for all we know. Could be like uh, <laughs> not only is he the world's worst shield agent, he's also the world's worst cosplayer. Boo! <laughs> oh, I'm sure it wouldn't be that terrible. I think as long See? as you make a good effort anyway, like I'm, I, I am the first to admit that I can't even sew like a button back onto a cardigan. So <laughs> uh-huh. like, like my skills are like so lacking, but, um, yeah, you may, if you make an effort, I'm sure people will appreciate it. We will see. It's, more, it's, 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 it's very self-serving. Like, oh, what's that? That's, what kind of costume is that? You're just dressing up as yourself. Like, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, says me. I've got to say, I'm so jealous that you've managed to worm your way into some comics. Like, I always do that thing of just finding somebody with a fringe and going, yeah, that's definitely me. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it, sometimes it just happens. And sometimes I'm like, you know, if I'm friends with an artist, like, Okay, you you know you know who my favorite characters are. You you gotta throw me in a scene with this character <laughs> or something, <laughs> and I would I would I I would just bug the heck out, out of my friends. Like uh, I'm good friends with with Chris Anka, who has been drawing, uh, you know, Uncanny X Men. Oh, I love him so yeah, much. He he is really he's he's one of the nicest guys in the world, and he's and he tolerates so much of my crap. <laughs> so, like, you know, and we're and we're both big Emma Frost fans because that's a, she is our one of our favorite characters, and I've always joked you need to draw me in a scene with Emma it has not happened yet but I have, I have at least appeared in the same book and I have also you know I, I got to have a scene with one, another one of my favorite characters Agent Hill so hey you never know <laughs> <laughs> I was joking on a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago actually that um, if any of the people making the Deadpool movie are out there listening if you just if you just want somebody to like eat a chimichanga in the background I'm your gal <laughs> I would love that so much well you know just in the comic that'll do I don't, I don't have to be <laughs> Although being in the vicinity of Ryan Reynolds would be pretty nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get into comics in the uh, in the first place? Then, um, 
it's funny because you know I, I grew up in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and out there, comics are kind of a thing that was kind of growing out there when I was young. And uh, my uncle had given me his collection, and uh, he had a lot of like you know really classic stuff, lots of, lots of stuff that's, that's you think about it, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> he gave it to me, and uh, and one of my first comics he gave me was uh, Transformers number three. It had Spider-Man webbing up Megatron. <laughs> it, was, nice. you know, it was the old Marvel series, and, uh, and 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 for some reason, Spider-Man just made a guest appearance in that book. So I just thought it was the coolest thing to see. Hey, it's 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 Spider-Man, and he's in the he's in the Transformers comic. And, That's so and, cool. And, and like, and I was wondering, like, why would why does this never happen in the cartoon? So. <laughs> Yeah, that that was one of my first comic experiences, and I, and you know as I as I kind of moved on, I kind of followed mostly just the the, the toy tie-in comics like GI Joe and Transformers, mm-hmm. and eventually I ended up into you know getting into uh, the Marvel actually you know the Mar- the, the the hard stuff the superhero stuff, <laughs> you know I got into superheroes through uh, uh, through X Men. And and then through X Men and Avengers actually simultaneously. <laughs> so and, two of the more complicated ones. <laughs> well, back then we didn't really think of it in those terms. We just followed them as like, hey, comics, and like you pick up where you you know, where wherever you are, and then you just start reading. And I didn't really think of, oh my god, when do I need to get what came before? I'm just like, I just hopped in in the middle of a story, and then I. Uh, yeah, you know, I just kind of followed, followed along, and, and then you know it's to be continued. And like, okay, next chapter, I just follow on. And then I, I was never really a back issue person. That was a, that was an that was an alien concept to me at first. But when I, when I finally figured it out, you know, I started picking up back issues too. And it's uh, it's been a really fun experience for me. Uh, the first uh, first Avenger, the first storyline I ever really where I really latched onto the story was. Uh, during the Roger Stern and John Buscema Avengers run, and I don't know if you ever read it, but it's called the uh, it's called Under Siege, and that's when uh, when the Masters of Evil took over Avengers Mansion, and mm-hmm. they, they 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 beat the living crap out of Jarvis. <laughs> oh no! They they took him hostage, and they uh they they you know like they were doing all kinds of terrible things, like uh, Mister Hyde ripped up this picture of Captain America's mom in front of him, and they did. It was it was awful. It, it, it's like the, it's like their darkest hour. It was like, how are they going to get out of this? You know, and uh, turns to be really good. It was, and you know, uh, the wasp was the leader at the time, and she she rallied the team. And it was but it, it was a it was a very compelling story, and I got hooked. And from that point on, I couldn't stop reading. And then uh, I hit a point in uh, the early nineties. Like you know, I, I'm still into X Men, but I was kind of like waning away from superhero comics at one point. Mm-hmm. Until the Infinity Gauntlet happened, and from that point on, I was, you know, I, I got hooked on Infinity Gauntlet, and at that point, I never stopped reading. I never, I never swayed. <laughs> I, I was in, I was in love forever. I was, um, I was a fairly latecomer into comics, so that like pretty much anything ever anyone ever tells me about it immediately gets written down on my things I should possibly check out list. Because <laughs> I am, um, I mean, the first comic I ever read was actually a Johnny the Homicidal Maniac book that a friend oh, cool. bought me, which uh, I, I fell in love with in the sense that I think in my head, comics had always just just been Batman and Wonder Woman and Spider Man, and that was it. And I was like, eh, eh, what ifs? Um, and then my friend bought me this comic, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, comics. And mental, aren't they? Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, but then I didn't really get into him much until I met my then boyfriend, now husband, in 2005, she says. And he bought me an issue of uh, Brubaker's Captain America run. And I was like, oh, sold. And just went potty and basically bought everything. So I've pretty much read like nothing before 2005, which is terrible. <laughs> it's it's fine. I mean, better late than never, I would say. Uh I think Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is actually a really cool gateway comic. I'm, I'm, I'm always interested to hear what got people into reading stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're reading. Uh, I, don't, I don't care you know, if you've only been reading for like two years and, or, or, or 20 years. It's perfectly fine. As long as you're reading. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's – and then Brubaker's Cap, that's like the best. <laughs> uh, one of, one of, yeah, one of the greatest – I mean, it's one of the greatest runs in you know in modern comics, you know, as far as uh, stories go, and and and, they, and it's it's done so much to that character, mm-hmm. you know, it's affected the character so much. It's affected, I mean, you can even say it's affected pop culture because of what I mean, the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, how what an amazing film they made out of that that you know that story. I was so nervous when that was coming out because I. Being quite a big Cap fan, I mean, I um, I don't know if you've ever seen them because they're terrible. But when I was younger, I was such a massive fan of the um seventies TV Cap movie, where he's on the uh, terrible motorbike with the ridiculous helmet and stuff. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I was like that. That was like whenever I was off school sick or like during the summer holidays. Those were my go-to things to watch. And um, like so when the when the first Avenger came out, I was so fucking excited. I was like, oh, Captain America on the screen again! Hooray! And it was terrible. And then I got really nervous about Winter oh, Soldier. Oh, you like the first Cap movie? I thought it was fun. Oh, no, not even a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That was one of the most fun movies that they've ever made, I thought. Mm. Like, what, what about, let, let, let's, let's talk about it. What, what about it were you not into? Um, I'm just curious. I thought um, it was too pantomime for me. Um, I didn't like... The approximations of, you know, the European accents going on were pretty terrible. A lot of the special effects were, like, really bad. Um, And then the whole end sequence where he crashed the plane and froze, like, just made no sense. I was like, what? Like, you're telling me you can't take this plane off course and land it somewhere safe? But what course from... Germany to America would be via the Antarctic or wherever the fuck it was you landed. Like that's ridiculous. What are you doing? I just went a bit. Well, I mean, you know, it probably washed. <laughs> it washed somewhere. I mean, it, it's it's you know, it, it had a purpose, and it, the purpose of that movie was basically just to sink Captain America to the ocean mm-hmm. and so he explain why he's here now. And I, I, I thought it was fun because it was, a, it was a it was a very kind of old school adventure movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and. And you're perfectly fine to to not like it. It's it's. You know, I, I'm. I was just curious because that was like one of the most. Uh, at least amongst me and my friends, one of the most liked movies you know, out of all of them because it was just. I don't know. I, I felt like that movie had a lot of heart going for it, mm-hmm. and I can understand people not liking it. So that's okay. I'm not I'm not judging you. <laughs> Good. I think for me, it just felt like a like a really big trailer for the Avengers, and not really a movie in its own right. Yeah, that's kind of like the problem with that movie, though. Whatever, whatever they do with that movie, based because based off of what we know, there's really no escaping the fact that it's going to end up doing that. It's going to be just uh, a lead into Avengers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's 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 for no fault of its own. That, that's that's it's just that's just the fate that's it, it's stuck with because. What else are you gonna do with Cap? You, you gotta do Cap movie. You gotta do his origin, and you have to do a World War Two thing. But then from there, you have to you have to bring him to the present. Mm-hmm. So we have to sink him in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> I think I was just hoping for like more of a 
I don't want to use the word gritty because I kind of hate that word, but a bit more of a serious like World War Two thing. And then flipping Hugo Weaving just wanders in with that accent, and I was like, oh, face plant. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love his uh, his his Werner Herzog accent. <laughs> oh God, it was so terrible. <laughs> I, 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 I personally loved it, but. It, I mean that, that movie. I mean, I thought that was the least of its problems as far as you know problems go, but <laughs> it was it was fine. <laughs> 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 you are failing. <laughs> Do you know I haven't I haven't actually watched that since I saw it at the cinema. I'm like part I, I, part of me wants to watch it again because I think like knowing what I know now about the movies that come afterwards, maybe I'll have a bit more tolerance for it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would say give it a try. Mm-hmm. Who knows. It, it, it may surprise you, and it might—I uh, don't know—you might change your mind. For all you know, I see. I just—I just liked it a lot because I thought it was one of the more fun movies, and it was—it wasn't too serious. And, and yeah, it's World War Two, and, and, and there's part of me that wanted this to be like a gritty war movie, but I knew it's a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. so we're not going to get that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it was not. There was never any doubt on my mind that we're going to get something, you know, superhero-y over there, mm-hmm. over that. I think that's why Winter Soldier took me so by surprise, though, because that was just, like, a legitimately brilliant film. And it didn't feel... Because, like I say, I think I felt the first Avenger, to me, felt pantomime whereas that just felt like it was still fun, but it was a lot more... I don't want to say sensible, because I don't want sensible Marvel movies. <laughs> what am yeah. I talking about? Um, but, yeah, oh, God, the Winter Soldier was just, like, the best thing I've ever put in my eyes, aside from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love I love both movies. Uh, Winter Soldier was uh, like I, you know I'm sure you've heard of the you know San Diego Comic Con and the Hall H debacles every year, right? And like uh, I never line up for those things, but me and one of my best friends, Megan, we were both so into the Winter Soldier story, and we both loved the Brubaker Cap run. And you know it, it's uh, it's actually kind of funny because like uh, uh, everything surrounding that movie kind of really you know is. It, all kinds of there's all kinds of funny stories involving that movie and me. Like uh, I was kind of I was hanging out with Ed Brubaker at San Diego Comic Con in 2012 when they announced that movie. So I was like, oh wow, they're doing Winter Soldier, and he was you know he was pretty. It's it it cool to see how he reacted to it, and uh, uh, and then there was then uh, of course the following year. My friend Megan and I, we decided to do this thing. And we decided we're going to line up for Hall H, <laughs> you know, and. <laughs> We lined up like we had friends who lined up for us early, at, like eleven in, in the evening. Like remember the panel, the you know, the the presentation for the Marvel stuff is at uh, is at uh, six p.m. usually. Right. You know, we we lined up. Uh, my friends started lining up like around uh, around eleven the night before, and they were already lined up pretty far because the the, the queue for for to get into Hall H is massive. And you've, I'm sure you've seen pictures. It kind of snakes around the convention, the mm-hmm. the, the the garden in front, beside the convention center, and towards the Hilton Hotel next door, about a block or so away. And we lined up for that. Like we joined the line like around midnight that day, that night, that Friday, and we literally slept on the concrete till the morning. And then like we finally got into the to the to the hall around uh, 10 p- 10 a.m. We got in and we got to see the presentations for the stuff we don't really care about. <laughs> and we sat for all of that until finally, you know, the Marvel panel happened and we got, you know, and, and it was a really cool Marvel panel because they, they had, uh, 
They have Tom Hiddleston come out in full lo- in full Loki costume and in character, kind <laughs> nice. of taunting the uh, taunting the audience because of what uh, because of what they just did. They waited through, and then uh, they brought the entire cast of Winter Soldier. They showed us some cl- the, the the teaser clip, and then they brought the entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was it was so cool. It was like okay, that was worth it. I mean, yeah, we we didn't really sleep comfortably. We were you know we were on this we were lying down on the street for how long. <laughs> But it was totally worth it because we got to see them, and we and we got to see something that we probably won't see again, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was cool. Uh, we are we are planning on doing that again for Civil War because uh, you know it's a continuation of the Cap story. So <laughs> I'm so intrigued about Civil War. I was talking about this on the last episode with um, my friend Lee. In that, I, I don't know what story how they're going to adapt that storyline because. There's nobody with a secret identity in the Marvel universe, like cinematic universe at the moment. So they can't they can't go the registration route really, can they? I don't think they're gonna do that. I think there's gonna be a civil war will be caused by something else. Mm-hmm. I mean the civil civil war doesn't necessarily mean about it has to be about registration. It can be about uh just you know, a, a, a conflict of interest between Cap and, and Iron Man, so who knows where it could go. Oh, I'm so excited! So there's that. I mean, I, I, I'm excited. I mean, I to be quite honest, I wasn't a big fan of the original, the, the, the comic story. Mm-hmm. But the move, the, the guys who behind the movie, you know, the Russo brothers are doing it again after the amazing work that they did on Winter Soldier. I imagine they're going to have some some good things in store. So yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I am. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the storyline in the comics, but I think it's mostly because when you consider sort of the reason the whole registration act thing came about was like a. <clears throat> the event at the school and a load of kids died and blah blah blah, which seems like a legitimate reason to have a registration act if that was the first time things like that had ever happened. But by, by that this point in time, like comics had been around for like fifty years or something. Uh-huh. It's like yeah, that's really not the first time that's ever happened. So it's really unbelievable that this would occur. And then they start having this big epic fight, and you're like, oh okay, there's a big epic fight. I'll watch this. This is good. And then it just sort of petered out and then ended. And now nobody really cares and remembers it at all. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it had it had a lot of issues. I mean, I was uh, how do I say this? I feel like the motivation for the characters was was, was kind of in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love the art. Steve McNiven was a is a wonderful artist, and and Mark Miller. I mean, he had, I mean, his work when he's good, he's really good. Like I love Starlight. I don't know if you ever read that, but that's no. a good book from Image. I like Super Crooks. He he does a lot of really cool books, mm-hmm. but for some reason, uh, for some reason, like his his Marvel stuff, like his uh, Iron Man and his uh, the way he writes Iron Man and Cap rings false to me, and so I wasn't into it. And I felt I felt like you know Cap and Iron Man, considering their history, wouldn't be fighting. They would have just tried to resolve this with a you know, they would have talked it out. Mm-hmm. That's that's just how I thought it would be, and unfortunately, that wasn't what you know, what we got. It we got something else, and it's uh, <laughs> it, I thought it, I thought everyone was acting like a caricature of themselves. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and again, I I I'm not 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 uh, saying anything about you know Mr. Miller and his work, but I thought that wasn't one of his that wasn't one of his uh, one of his best moments in my opinion. But you know, it sold a lot of copies, and people seem to have liked it. So. I guess you know I, I'm in the minority, but hey, 
I'm I'm excited to see how they revise it for the movies, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they do instead of uh, you know in 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 in, uh, in place of what we know, because that's going to be that move. The Civil War meant a lot of things to a lot of people. I, I understand that, and I also understand that uh, that was a book that. Uh, that that also that that also means that a lot of people you know a lot of people discovered comics because of the Civil War because the, you know they did some really good marketing on that thing mm-hmm. they 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 were they were everywhere with the media with that thing and of course you know the result was the death of Captain America which is also what people are kind of like expecting at the end of this and I'm hoping it's not the case so it, it's there's a lot of wait and see and this movie is going to be very pivotal for a lot of the the future of the Marvel uh, cinematic universe. And of course, there's also a possibility of Spider-Man showing up now. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. I was there, like, my Twitter and Facebook feeds today have just been so aglow with Spider-Man talk. And, uh, like, I've, I've been thinking long and hard about what I want from a, a Marvel Spidey. Because, like, I actually am one of the few people who really like Andrew Garfield. I like him a lot, too. Yeah, and I really liked the first Amazing Spider-Man. The second one was weirdly completely off base. <laughs> Um, but oh, the, oh, don't get me sorry about the second. <laughs> I think the only thing that did right is what it did with uh, Gwen Stacy, but that and that's a pretty harsh thing to say. <laughs> I, I, um, I really, I wish they didn't kill her. <laughs> I mean, spoilers. <laughs> I think she but, was she was the best thing in it, but I think the way they handled that storyline within the the film was pretty good. But I think basically everything else about it was was pretty much tap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was so bad. I mean, I, I the thing about this, they have there's some really good performances in those movies, you know, it's, especially for uh, you. Know, I, I thought Andrew Garfield and, and Emma Stone were like the they're like the highlights of that movie, mm-hmm. you know. No, no questions asked. They're the best things about those movies, but man, like I wish they had a better script to work with. Yeah, I wish. I, I wish. I don't know. I wish there, there's a lot of things that we were hoping for for those movies, but we didn't quite get. But hey, that, that's how things are. Unfortunately, sometimes. I just hopefully think they'll do it better. Yeah, I just I think that the one thing they need to avoid with the Marvel cinematic universe is, is another origin story because when we had, you know, we had Andrew Garfield a couple of years ago. We only had. You know the Sam Raimi stuff, like a few years before that. I just and, and I think Spider Man's a, a story that so many people who aren't even in comics know about. Like I've got friends who've literally never even looked in a comic shop, let alone at a comic, who know exactly how Spider Man came to be a thing. So I just I don't think that's a thing that needs revisiting. Um, I agree. And I also think it doesn't need to be Peter Parker, but I think it probably will be. Unfortunately, I mean they kind of they kind of already said that it was going to be Peter Parker, and, and you know what, Peter Parker is you know the main is the one that everyone knows, yeah. and uh, it, we're we're, we're going to have you know we, we'll we'll most likely get that, but I, I think uh, having him show up though and and you know depending on where they go with the with, with the character in the franchise there's always a possibility that they could do a story where he passes the torch to Miles or or or, or they they engineer events so that they would replace him you know there, there there's plenty of things that that can be done that to uh I don't know to I guess to to make everybody happy in some way mm-hmm. I I just hope that yeah I, I'm definitely with you on the no more origin stories please <laughs> yeah. yeah I just I just do not think he's a character that needs one anymore it's like when Man of Steel came out, I actually, again, I really enjoyed that film, even though I know a lot of people that didn't. But it, it's another one that I just felt like we could have probably sliced a good half an hour to 45 minutes off of that because we didn't really need <laughs> quite a hefty portion of it because everybody knows Superman. Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, 
I, I think we we've seen too many of the origin, too much of the origin story, like in in such a short time, like between 2002 and 2000. When was the last? When was Amazing Spider-Man one? 2012. Within ten years, we got the, the origin story retold twice, and 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 within those ten years, like we keep getting flashbacks to that origin story in the other movies anyway, because because it, it's remind us, oh Parker, remember. Uh, you know, great power comes great responsibility because remember that that spider bit you and you you hot dogged it into that wrestling thing and your 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 uncle got murdered and then they they redid the uncle the, the murder of his of Uncle Ben in, in Spider Man Three which is like what talk about overkill Spider Man Three was such a weird movie because like it felt like there was a good movie buried in there somewhere but it was just like under lashings of nonsense <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely a strange movie. Uh, I yeah I I just remember leaving the theater after seeing that I'm just like what did I just see? <laughs> yeah. What just happened? Like me and uh, me and my hubby walked out of the I'm sure we saw that at the cinema and we we came out and we were just sort of like you know all the Venom stuff was really good because I I've got a bit of a thing for Topher Grace anyway like all the Venom stuff was really good but aside from that. It was just like, all this Sandman business was like, what? And all this Hobgoblin business was also a bit, what? And like, it's just... <laughs> the, the, the funny thing was, you know, Sandman was supposed to be the main villain of that movie. And then they, they basically just shoehorned Venom in, which is like... I don't know. You, you didn't give it enough time to build up. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's kind of insane that, that they decided to just add him there like in the last minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Venom looked amazing visually. Yeah. You know? He, he he definitely looked awesome, but I'm just like oh, this this thing. This thing is wacky. What, what, why does he keep showing his face? Like, hello, Parker, it's me, Topher Grace. I think the weirdest part about that film was the uh, like. I understand what they were going for with the bits when Venom took over Parker and he became a bit of a dick, but I don't think Tobey Maguire can pull it off at all. Like, so it was just so cheesy. I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed for you, mate. Like, <laughs> Tobey Maguire was so. I never liked him as Spider Man, to be honest. I, I I just thought he was he he just looked, there's something wacky about him. He was he was way too I don't know. Way too off the wall. Uh, I don't know. He he, he makes the, the the weirdest faces, <laughs> and and I'm just, every time I saw him on, and and, and they, you know they they always show the uh, the the crying one. Oh god, that, that crying picture of him, which is like one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> that that poor guy. It's unfortunate yeah. because it's probably a very accurate representation of what people actually look like when they cry, but it's also really funny. <laughs> It is funny. They're all funny. <laughs> Especially funny looking. <laughs> oh, bless him. I thought he was a good Peter Parker, though, because he's, he's kind of awkward. Uh, he's got that like sort of weird, nerdy awkwardness that I liked. But, I just, yeah, I just don't think he was a believable Spider-Man <laughs> much. That, that, remember that bit from... I mean, Spider-Man 2 was an awesome movie. Did you like that one? Oh, very much so. It's weird, because I, um, I didn't watch it at first, because I saw Spider-Man 1 and I wasn't that impressed. Um, so I never bothered with two until my, my hubby was like, Stace, why are you being a dick? Like, watch it, it's amazing. And then I did, and I was like, okay, yeah, it is amazing, and I'm a dick, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 2 was, was, was an excellent movie, and I thought that really brought up I like that you know you fleshed out two big characters like you know two you know they they fleshed out you know, both uh, Doctor Octavius and and Peter Parker. I thought it was a great character 
story, and that's how that's how Spider-Man movies should be. They should be heavy on the characterization, and they should be about you know. The, there's always going to be that moral quandary, you know. What I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do this thing, or and and then like, you know, it's like it's always like you know, the needs of the few versus the needs of the many, that sort of thing. And there's, yeah, the, the, I thought the 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 Doctor Octopus is so well realized on screen, mm-hmm. and Alfred Molina was such a good actor, and and it really elevated that movie. Even though that story could, I mean, in a way, it's kind of, that story was kind of hokey, but having him there kind of like raised it up a bit. Oh yeah, he so, was absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It's a bit yeah, mean he, though, because my uh, my husband keeps calling me Otto now that I've got. It's like I fairly recently had a fringe cut in, and if I put my hair up, sometimes it looks like I've got a bowl cut from a certain angle. <laughs> He's such a bully. Um, yeah. Have you um? What just while we're rambling on the topic of movies, um, have you seen the teaser for the Fantastic Four? I did. How do you feel about it? <laughs> that didn't sound enthusiastic. I, I I should have said there's a teaser for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> it's oh, I don't know what words. they're going for, and I and I'm unfortunately I'm I'm not gonna watch that movie, and that's that's me basically saying you know I I support stuff that I like, and everything I've heard about this movie I don't like, and. I know Josh Trank is a great, he's a very competent director, but I don't know if I want, if I, if, if you're going to do a Fantastic Four movie, do a Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't feel like it. When so. I, when I watched the trailer, I thought like, cause to me, the point of a trailer, particularly a, tra- a teaser trailer is to like generate interest in the thing that you're trailing. And this was just like a lot of slow motion people turning their heads with a fairly dramatic voiceover talking about I don't know what and I was just like oh god this is so boring I have literally no interest in this at all exactly <laughs> there, there is nothing fantastic about it there is uh, no sense of wonder there is no it, it's it's really lacking and in some in a lot of things and and, and you know I don't I don't want to be so negative it's kind of like my uh, my thing has been like you know being positive and, and, and like you know like talking about the things you love and I can't bring myself to like this <laughs> but you know it, 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 it's the thing is it keeps coming up on my feed and everyone's talking about it. I have to say something about it because people have asked. So I'm just like, um, it, it's, it's there and I don't know what it's supposed to be, but hmm. it's, it, look, it looks pretty for something I don't know. I think it's one of those things that I'm probably going to end up seeing, but more out of a morbid curiosity than an actual interest. <laughs> well, as, as long as uh, you, are you going to hate watch it, basically? Basically, yeah. Well, it's, the thing is, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I don't quite know how to describe it. I'm I'm a person who, like, I am not going to apologise for my opinions. If I don't like something and I say I don't like it, you know, you don't have to agree with me. It's fine. But I'm trying really hard to like this because I really like the Fantastic Four and I really want to want to watch this movie. (laughs) So far, basically, everything they've told me about it is making me not want to watch this movie. But, like, I still really want to go and see it because I want to have to eat my words afterwards. (laughs) It's, 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 you know, there, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be proven wrong about something, especially if it's something you really want to like, because you love, you know, if you love that franchise, if you love the, uh, those movies, yeah, I mean, those, those comics, you, 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 you want to root for it. You want it to be, successful. you want, you, you want to be proven wrong and then you want these things, this thing to be good. But so far, everything I've heard and seen about it is like, you know, there's like no, there is no, uh, there's no upside to it, unfortunately, right now. Yeah, it looks pretty. But uh, uh, that's I I I need more. Yeah, I need. I think it's going to be one of those movies that I just like. 
it doesn't seem to bear any resemblance at all to its source material. Like I'm I'm not somebody who thinks that like a comic based movie has to be exactly like the comic it's based on. Because most comics get retconned and revisited and things anyway, so it's like there's not really one story you can stick to. But like even if there was just like one single story, I'm not that bothered if you change little things as long as the essence is there. There doesn't seem to be any essence in this. <laughs> exactly. And and, and 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 also, uh, we haven't even seen the 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 internet blogging machine known as uh, Victor <sighs> Victor Domashev, aka Doctor Doom, or or the, or his his screen name is Doom or whatever it is. Oh, my heart broke a little bit when I heard of it. <laughs> Imagine how I feel. I, I love Doctor. Doctor Who is like one of my favorite characters. Mm. There's, you, you, I'd like to see in the big screen more than anything else in the world right now. <laughs> I would a, like to see us. I would like to see supervillain team up with Namor and Doctor Doom. Oh God, that's that not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Would actually be amazing. We're not going to see that, unfortunately. But I, I can, I can keep dreaming. Oh yeah, I, I got to admit, like I was, um, I was one of the few people who quite enjoyed both the Fantastic Four movies from like. Oh, the two thousands, the the Tim Story ones. Yeah, but I think the 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 biggest problem with them was Julian, what's his face, as Doctor Doom, because he's barely convincing as a living human being. (laughs) Bless him, he tried. I don't think those movies are that bad, but this just seems so far removed. It's like I remember when Resident Evil came out, and I was so overexcited because it's like one of my favorite video games ever, and it's got such a cool premise for a movie, and then this nonsense with Milly Jovovich came out that basically had nothing to do with Resident Evil at all, and I was just like, what am I looking at? Seriously, what somebody explained to me what I'm looking at because it's not Resident Evil, and basically my heart broke. I feel like that's what's going to happen happen to me with Fantastic Four, which is a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those Fantastic Four movies. I thought uh, I thought they were actually pretty well cast. The, the, the Fantastic Four themselves. Chris Evans is a great Human Torch. Yeah. Otherwise, it's uh, everything else kind of falls apart. <laughs> the Silver Surfer looked amazing when we saw him. Oh yeah, I definitely that. think the second one's the better one of the two. I think the biggest problem the the rest of the cast have in that movie is the fact that I don't feel like there's any sort of sort of love between Susan Storm and Mister Fantastic like at all. They just don't seem like a couple that love each other. <laughs> Which you know, for a couple that in the comics are basically like. I'd die to save your life because I love you that goddamn much. Like it's kind of you kind of need the on-screen chemistry, but yeah, that's that's something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the thing, the, one, the funny thing is, like you know, we I, I I try to be very diplomatic talking about some of these movies, but I'm just like, Ugh. I, 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 I sometimes it's like, okay, I, I don't want to be a liar, but this is pretty bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna watch it, and maybe if I hear enough about that that Fantastic Four movie, I might I might change my mind. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But but uh, right now, I have no interest in it. And uh, anyone who watches it, I'm curious to see what they feel. You know, especially if they're big Fantastic Four fans. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I was but, gonna say, uh, coming from you, like the king of seeing films a thousand times, that's pretty resounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I know my fan, I, you know I I love the Fantastic Four. I love I love the comics. I I love the I love the Lee and Kirby stuff. I love the the John Byrne stuff, and of course the the the, the Mark Wade uh, Mike Waringo run, and of course the the recently concluded the uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman run. And those are like some of my some those are some of like the best superhero comics out there. And it's just sad that you know 
it's like these movies are ashamed to be superhero movies. Yeah. You know, this, this new Fantastic Four movie. That's what that's that's what kills me because there's so much really cool history in, in involved in you know in in that franchise. That how could you not acknowledge that? How could you not do a movie based off of that concept? Mm-hmm. You know, and why you have to change it? It's it's you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm intrigued about what you think about the Batman versus Superman situation. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, I will put my hands up and say that I have not seen. Apparently, there was a little teasy thing released at some con recently, which I haven't seen. And there was there was a there's a there's a teaser that was shown at San Diego Comic Con last year, mm-hmm. and it's basically remember if you re- you read the Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The scene where Superman descends upon Gotham and he sees, and he sees Batman like kind of, you know, like he's kind of like plugged into one of those lampposts and he's in his armor. Mm-hmm. They sh- they show that scene and it looked cool. It looks it's, it's cool. it looks it's cool looking CGI. But um, here's the thing: I, I I've I've heard a lot of things about the movie, and after Man of Steel, I'm kind of kind of leery of this one. I'm gonna see it because I'm curious and because. I've wanted to see Batman and Superman together in the same screen for like forever. Mm-hmm. So I will see it regardless of what everything that I've been warned about. But, you know, the, I, I feel like there's so many things that they should, they shouldn't have bothered acknowledging, like a lot of the stuff from Man of Steel, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to all the, to the so-called rumor mill or, or, or all the, the, so, the, the behind the scenes stuff that's been coming out from it. Like, there's a guy who apparently is playing Jimmy Olsen, but like he, apparently Jimmy Olsen lost his legs in Metropolis after all that destruction porn we got from Man of Steel. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's talk of like, you know, uh, apparently Aquaman show, yeah, Aquaman does show up, but you know, it, it apparently, uh, he's, you know, like, <laughs> Atlantis got devastated because of the, remember those world destroyer things from Man of Steel that yeah. Sod deployed? Those things destroyed uh, Atlantis. Oops. And it's like, what? <laughs> we can, like, a lot of the things, like, you're building a universe based on a really ter- some terrible, terrible decisions made in the previous movie <laughs> that they could just ignore. Because, see, because, you know, I thought, I think Henry Cavill is an amazing Superman. Oh, gosh, he's wonderful. So wonderful. He looks like, he looks like it. And he, he, you know, he looks like it. He, he, he definitely, you can tell he, he cares for the role and he cares for the character. And he, he definitely looks like, you know, he looks like Clark Kent Superman. And, and, and I like him a lot. I think he's great, but <laughs> he's a good Superman who was put in a bad Superman movie. And that's what bums me out. And, and, and now, and now they, they, they want to stick to their guns and keep reminding us that he wasn't that bad Superman movie. <laughs> And and you know I don't know they they this is a chance for them to kind of get a fresh start and learn from the mistakes they made in that previous one and uh, and now that's uh, that's obviously not the case you know, because they're they're building off of that the the, the tragedy which is, I mean when you think of Superman you think you know hope uh, you, you know you think of that kind of imagery in those movies I think if you live in Metropolis and you, you in that in that movie universe. 
you think of the day Superman showed up as the day the day the day the world ended because it was it was nearly a post-apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved about that film, I mean, like I'm in the minority of people who actually quite enjoyed Man of Steel, aside from like the odd stupid bit. But um, the the one thing I absolutely loved about that is the fact that like after that fight, there's basically nothing left in Metropolis. Next scene, he's just biking his way into work, like at, at the Daily Planet, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> how did that building stay up and like literally everything else got leveled? And how have you got a job? Like, why aren't people picking up the pieces of their broken lives? <laughs> like, it's well, ridiculous. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing that kind of turned me off from that movie because after all that destruction, it's like, it's like there was no consequence, even though you really saw all the terrible things that this, you know, that, that happened on that day. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and unfortunately, I, I, I really tried, I tried really hard to like that movie because I, I love Superman and I want a good Superman movie and I wanted to give this thing a chance. Unfortunately, it's, you know, it, it, it kind of fell apart that way, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just how it is. I mean, it looked cool. I wanted more of uh, Fiora. I thought she was oh, amazing. Oh, gosh, she was awesome. Like, I just think that film took itself a tiny bit too seriously. It did, it did. And, and there were some there were some fun bits. I thought I thought Lois was really well cast. I thought Amy Adams was a great Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like her a lot in that one. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, I, I thought the Daily Planet uh, crew was great. I, I, there are a lot of really cool things about that movie. The cast is great. They just had a really bad script to work with. And then if you, if you pay close enough attention, you realize it's Superman's fault that those other Kryptonians showed up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, it's not and, 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 and then the hologram Jor-El, <laughs> who somehow knows what's happening in real life and is interacting in real time. With, with, it, well, do you know, that bothered me so much because – and it annoys me so much that loads of people that I know go, well, it's a movie about a man that can fly. Like, you know, why are you picking holes in the science? And I'm like, because that makes literally no sense. Well, well, well I mean, the thing is they, they emphasize the importance of, of – that character's death is what sets everything up, you know, what, what gets things going, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you, you're, you know, you want to have, you know, you want to be taught that there's, uh, there's consequences, you know, to everything that happens to, to these characters. When you start doing that and you're like, oh, I'm here in real time. I have the brain, ingr- you know, brain engrams of your dad or whatever. And I, I'm interacting with you like I'm really alive. Then it's like, that kind of takes away from it. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's one thing. It's like, look, I have no question. I have, I do not question the fact that he's flying. I do not question that there are spaceships and aliens and super strength and all these amazing powers on display. <laughs> I, I do question that this guy died <laughs> and, 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 you, he, and somehow he's still alive and interacting with things like they're still there. So. Yeah, there's there's that, but again, we'll see. They they made such a big deal of, of all all this thing, all these, these terrible things that are left in the wake of his uh his arrival, and it it it, it, it bums me out because I you know, I I want I want to think of Superman in, in terms of happiness and, and like oh you know our, our you know the great hope or whatever, but no. <laughs> he just he just blew up half the city. Yeah, I think the other problem with that as well, like you were saying about consequences, is literally everybody we were following in that movie like survived, despite the fact that basically all of Metropolis fell down around everyone's ears. Like Perry White was fine, and everybody else from the Daily Planet was fine, and Lois was fine, and it was like, oh, did nobody nobody even vaguely important die? Oh, I guess I guess we don't care then. <laughs> you you, should, you kind of should care. You kind of should care. I did. Yeah, no, you should, yeah they, they, they didn't give us reason to care about these people. Like, they all kept surviving. They all got a little dirty and bruised up a little, but yeah, everyone survived. Yeah, it was weird. And I thought the decision to, uh, oh, the thing with the flipping tornado, like, oh, 
Oh. I still can't. Like, there is literally a billion ways that Superman could have rescued that fucking dog without anybody seeing that he was super. But no, we'll just we'll just kill your dad in there instead. That's fine. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, killing the killing George, uh, killing uh, Pa Kent at that time was just like the worst thing. So yeah. weird. I, I, I'm I'm just I'm baffled by some of the decisions they made doing that. The idea but, that Ma Kent would like put either of their lives in danger to rescue a dog was just a bit bamboozling to me anyway. Like, I understand dogs, are, like, pets can be like family, but when it comes down to it, if I was given the choice of, like, hey, do I want my, my daughter or my husband to go and get my dog, or do I want the three of us to not die, I'd be like, hmm, I'll take the three of us not dying, thanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> so weird. But I am concerned about Superman versus Batman, just simply because of the number of people they seem to be throwing at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially people that we haven't seen before. I mean, I'm assuming the Nolan Batman movies aren't included it, no, that, that, that's, that that's, like, that's like a whole different kettle of fish. So we've got like that's basically, three. <laughs> yeah, we've got basically like a, an Elseworlds Batman. Um, we've got like an entirely new Batman to deal with that we don't, I mean, I, I understand he's probably going to have the same backstory and blah, blah, blah. So I don't need to see an origin again, but just to kind of meet him a bit first would be nice. And then we're going to throw Aquaman in there. We're going to throw Wonder Woman in there. Like, what are we doing? Like, it just seems so much like a, hey, this is a Justice League movie, but don't tell anyone. It's like... Mm. That's definitely what it feels like. And, and, and you know, they're clearly building towards the actual Justice League movie. But... You need to you establish know. people first, though. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think Avengers did a really good job in the sense that for the, the, the bigger guns, they all got their own origin, and then the smaller ones just popped up in other people's movies so that you got to know them all a bit before they were the Avengers. Exactly. That's what that's what made it work because yeah. it, it it was it was organic. You know, it, it didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like it was shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this just feels like, oh, we had an idea for Batman versus Superman, and then we just thought, fuck it, we'll put Wonder Woman in there for a laugh. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, that, that's exactly how it feels like. And uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it, it, it's it's kind of it, it's funny how. Uh, it's all working. I mean, everyone everyone wants to create the next big big franchise universe, and and after the cash cow that Marvel turned the Avengers into, I I, I don't blame I don't blame Warner Brothers that they want to do this right now. They want to do all this all at once, and, and because it's it's profitable and it's a shot in the arm that they need, you know. But it's I'd rather that they take it slow and then they they build to it gradually to where it makes sense, mm-hmm. rather than uh, you know rather than build it up for no reason other than the fact that because Marvel's doing it first you know so I guess we'll see how it goes yeah I think my fingers are just firmly crossed for uh for the Deadpool movie being good and the next Turtles movie being good <laughs> I I didn't see the last Turtles movie <gasps> gasp I, what, was it good um yes and no it's not good in the sense of it has a terrible plot well actually it doesn't really have a plot <laughs> It's it's not a good movie in terms of technically being a good movie, i.e. it's not clever and it doesn't really have much of a cohesive plot at all. Um, but it's a good movie in terms of it's a heck of a lot of fun and it's very, very Ninja Turtles-y. Like, there's a lot of ninja-style fighting and there's a lot of jokes and there's a lot of pizza references. That's pretty much all I was really expecting. <laughs> Okay, well, well, you you just convinced me to check it out because it's uh, if if it's fun, if it feels like Ninja Turtles, then I'm fine with it. I mean, I I really had no I had no uh, 
compulsion to see it because I was never really big on Ninja Turtles myself growing up, but I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, I liked it enough that, you know, I know everything about them. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I've been curious about the movie, but I, I wanted to get someone who had more, who was more objective, <laughs> a more objective point of view on it. And uh, out of everyone I've spoken to, you have, you have that so far. Well, I, so, I am like possibly one of the world's biggest Ninja Turtles fans. I'm, basically obsessed um <laughs> so like i saw this the instant it came out and um i mean there was a fairly big channel was going to like it regardless because i'm such a sad nerd but um <laughs> it actually no it actually was like a lot of fun i thought like my only problem really with it aside from the fact that there's a gaping plot hole the size of texas in there is i I'm, i don't buy johnny knoxville as leonardo like at all it's, oh he did the voice for leonardo yeah it's not good that sounds wacky. It just—it's exactly that. It—he just does nothing to make it even slightly different to his normal voice. <laughs> so it's like every now and again you're just expecting Leonardo to like pop his head off and be like, "And I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass." And you're like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Um, so that threw me out a little bit. But aside from that, like, it's just—it's just like a lot. Oh, there's so many good action sequences in it. I will. Okay, I will give it a look. Um, I was going to ask also. There was something else I was, I was thinking about about that movie. Who, who, who did the other voices for the other turtles? Um, I think they were mostly not known people. I think all of the um, guys who were who did the motion capture stuff did the voices, except for Leonardo. Yeah, let me let me look. I should know this. It's 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 interesting that they picked Johnny Knoxville for Leonardo. I'm like that is not someone I would I would peg for Leonardo. Not at all. And I mean, I think the only the only good quality it has is that he does. He has an ability to come across quite teenage. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he doesn't sound like much of an adult, which is interesting. <laughs> but there's a yeah, it's just it's a really strange choice. I think especially when there's so many brilliant voice actors out there, and I don't think you need to bring in a star name to a movie like that because like Johnny Knoxville's not going to make more people go and see that than we're going to see anyway. <laughs> I don't. Well, think. You, you're 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 belittling the uh, the the burgeoning uh, jackass fanboy fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I don't feel like his name is big enough to be like a pool, but maybe that's just me being mean. Well, yeah, that's 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 what Megan Fox is for. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know she's not bad in it? Oh, really? She's not she's not bad, and I'm a notorious like Megan Fox hater. Like I think okay. she's possibly one of the worst actresses to ever exist. But <laughs> she's not, she not bad. Okay, in it. Huh? Yes, I mean she's she's a passable April. Like it's um. Yeah, I, 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 I can live with it. It's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think you know, if other people had been cast, I probably wouldn't argue. But she did. She did a good job with what she had, and I think she had like a pretty good. So a lot of people whinged about April in it, saying that she was like uh, proof that Michael Bay hates women. But I actually think she was pretty good because she's like fairly brave and tenacious and determined and smart. So I was quite impressed actually that she wasn't just like some sort of you know, airheaded report person. So I don't know. I could talk about turtles all day. You've started me off now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving it on to comics before we uh before we toddle off, what's your favourite thing that you're reading right now that you want to recommend to people? It's nearing the end and uh I, I you know I've been a big fan of it since it started, but uh Jonathan Hickman's running Avengers and New Avengers is like 
it's 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 my addiction. <laughs> it's just been one of the most amazing uh, stories I've been following in a while. It's it's kind of it, you know it's it's kind of dark. It's kind of kind of a grim situation that the, the Avengers are in right now. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. Like if you read it from issue one of the uh, you know, both of both Avengers and New Avengers, if you followed it from the beginning, they're really starting to pay off everything now. They're uh they're 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 you know they're 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 tying up plot threads. They're revealing all these things, and it's it's just like one of the most satisfying reads I've ever had you know in comics. So if if you if you're an Avengers fan and you've not read the uh, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, you need to change this and start <laughs> reading because that it, it's we don't get to have runs like that in comics that are so well planned and so deliberate. And we don't get that often. I mean, we get it every now and then. We get like an occasional creator who would have like a, a long term plan, but nothing like this. And we haven't done any seen anything like this in Avengers in a while. It is just one of those books that. It's just like you know the best book out there. If you're into superheroes, it's the best because it challenges the characters, it challenges the reader, and it has so much in it that it makes you want to read it again and again because you want to discover and catch all the clues that were being hinted at from the beginning, which are being you know resolved here towards the end of the run. It is one of the most satisfying reads I've ever encountered in comics and it's rare that we get uh, a run that's this good and this consistent uh, throughout, its, throughout its entirety and this has been going since 2012 so uh, pick up Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers you have to read both because <laughs> it's one big story and it's, it's basically you know it's basically the Avengers of life and the Avengers of death so I'll, I'll leave it at that nice I'm really behind with my Marvel comics and um I was reading Avengers and I was finding it really bamboozling and it might be because I wasn't reading new Avengers. <laughs> yeah, you, have to, you have to read both and, and, and everything's connected in those two books. And, and at the same time, it's one of those books. It's a slow burn, but when mm-hmm. he starts right now, he's, he's literally giving you everything right now. He's, he's revealing things. He's, uh, that's, that's when things get good. Uh, and then you realize, oh, I knew it. And then, you know, you, you just like everything just kind of falls into place. And that's what's fun about it because, you know, if you pay enough attention, it rewards you so much. It gives you so much payoff. It's, mm. it's worth it. Nice. I am, um, I have a sort of love hate relationship with Jonathan Hitman because, like, half the things I read, I think are the best things I've ever clapped my eyes on. And the other half, I just tend to be like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> It, and, 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 and I'll be honest, it, it, that's a common reaction I get from some of my friends who are, you know, reading his stuff. But the thing is, that's, that's okay. Just go, just stick it with, stick with it, and then wait till the next issue, and then keep going. And because that's, that's his thing. He rewards you for sticking around. And, so, and sometimes you may feel lost or whatever, but it, it, he, he, you know, he writes the ship. He, he, he will, he, he doesn't forget that there are people reading. <laughs> so it'll be fine. Jolly good. Well, I am. Um, I don't want to keep you any longer because you know you're a busy man. You're going to go about your days and things. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and your podcast before we toddle off? Of course, uh, I'm at. Uh... I'm at Pat Loika on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. I'm also on Facebook. Just look for me there. You can either like my fa- my page or, or or friend me, and we'll. You know, if if if, if uh, you know if if you're not weird enough, I, I, you know, I I'll uh, I'll probably accept your friend request. Uh, I will also. Uh, uh, of course, you can find my podcast at loikamania.com uh, or just look up loikamania or look up my name and my podcast and you'll find me. It's easy. Uh, we have some really cool guests coming up and in- including the aforementioned Mr. Jonathan Hickman. He's going to be on the show soon. And we have, uh, we've had quite a nice little group of guests over the last uh, few months. So check it out. 
I was going to ask you about this because as somebody who uh, suffers from massive social anxiety, um, <laughs> how do you how do you get on with like interviewing people that you find, you know, that you really admire and stuff? Because I, uh, I had the opportunity to interview Rob Paulson last year, who's like one of the world's greatest voice actors and I'm basically in love with him. Uh, and I was a total tit <laughs> and uh, basically never want to interview anyone ever again because it's terrifying so <laughs> well the, the 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 trick is that just be respectful and you know and, and and just show them how much you really like or care about their work uh it's about you know if you keep talking about the stuff that you, you know just kind of kind of you, you just just dazzle them with your knowledge of their, <laughs> of their their stuff and that that, that helps a lot and it, and it kind of eases them a bit because you know like oh okay this guy's a, this is a real fan so they'll be, they'll relax they'll, they'll be appreciative of the fact that uh you stuck around and you and you bought their you know their things and and you know it's it it, 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 it varies i mean i would recommend also if you're going to interview someone like uh, give yourself like a, a 10 minute bit where you just chat and then kind of get a feel of how the person is. And once you do that, you, uh, you can, uh, you know, you start recording. And when you start recording, you're going to be more at ease. Now, you just, you just have to get warmed up. Like, give yourself time so that you can kind of know how, how, how one person kind of is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to like play with you for podcast tips off air now. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I had fun. It was fun chatting. Uh, you know, it's, I look forward to, uh, well, yeah, we should, we should, you know. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to come back anytime you ask. Brilliant. Well, I have, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the show before, but I have like a, ro- well, it's not rotating. It's uh, I have a different co-host on every month because I'm mental and uh, that's not difficult to schedule at all. <clears throat> so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I'm basically always scrabbling around for somebody to join me. So <laughs> Yeah, just let me know anytime. I, you know, if we can work it out, I'll, I'll definitely be up for it. it, it I, I enjoyed this a lot. Brilliant. Well, thank you again for coming on and um, hopefully I shall speak to you soon on the show. I was um, a little bit nervous about talking to Pat because he really knows his stuff and I've got the memory of a limp leaf of lettuce. But I think it went all right. I don't think I dropped uh, the ball too many times, she says. Fingers crossed. The next interview I've got for you is with Sean Stephen Struble, uh, who has one of the greatest but most difficult names to say ever. Um, who writes the Little Depressed Boy comics for Image. Now, I know I've banged on about Little Depressed Boy before, and I do do a bit of fangirling during the interview, which is pretty embarrassing. But I will say it again. If you're not reading Little Depressed Boy, you probably should be. It's wonderful. I always have a hard time selling comics like this because I'm not normally one who likes comics that are about life and feelings and relationships and jobs and stuff. I'm normally a capes and tights and 
magic and stuff kind of person. But Little Depressed Boy, I mean, it just goes to show how great Little Depressed Boy is that I've picked it up and it's consistently one of my favourite comics. Like, whenever I get my comics come in, if it's a if it's a month when that comes out, that's the first thing that I read. So, you know, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty good evaluation of how great it is that somebody who's obsessed with everything that's the opposite of Lord Depressed Boy puts that at the top of a pile. But anyway, enough gushing. Sean is an absolutely lovely dude and uh <laughs> we were both a little bit nervous. You can probably tell. But um it's fine. He's so lovely and we ended up talking about all sorts of stuff as well as Little Depressed Boy. Uh, we were talking about music, talking about movies. We had a bit of a discussion about the Ghostbusters thing and why probably a lot of female nerds are going to want to punch me in the ovaries after they hear this episode. <laughs> uh, but here it is anyway, me and Sean Stephen Struble. conversation with somebody the other day about how like how cool I am on Twitter and I don't mean cool in the sense of like everyone should be friend I just mean like how I can actually have conversations with people but then I'll meet them at conventions and things and be like I, I love you and then just start crying and run away uh I my personal tactic is to stand about 10 feet away and stare at them <laughs> and not like interact at all i think with conventions for me there's two things that make it awkward it's the queue because that gives me time to psych myself out yeah. and it, and it's the table because you're sitting there and i'm sort of staring over you like pay me some attention and i'm like the fifty thousandth person you've spoken to that day who's just gone on about how great you are like i've got nothing fresh and interesting to say to you and then it just becomes really awkward uh so conventions are evil is basically what i'm saying I, I like conventions because the one time I don't have anxiety is when I'm behind the table. Really? I feel like I have no power. That's I'm completely really... at the beck and call of the people in line or who walk up randomly. And so I am completely calm. Oh, see, maybe that's what I should do. Then maybe I should just get a table and sit behind it <laughs> and hope all the cool people come to me. Just like gravitate towards me. That's really interesting, though, because you would think you would be more nervous knowing that people are definitely going to come and talk to you <laughs> i know i know and i don't accept compliments well either so <laughs> are, are you part british because that's our thing <laughs> no i'm just neurotic <laughs> 
well, I, I'm going to just crack on then, if that's all right by you, just to, okay. so that we don't psych ourselves out. <laughs> well, welcome to the parlour. I hope you enjoy your little stay. I'd offer you a cake, but you're quite far away, so I won't. Yeah, probably wouldn't travel too well. No, I, th- I posted something to the US not long ago and it took like two and a half weeks and I just thought, that's ridiculous. Like, if you considered that if I just decided to fly there with said thing in the... Po- like, instead of posting it, if I just took it there, it'd be a lot quicker, but it would also be a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, But Michael. it would be more of an adventure. That's true. That is true. I like to think that I would somehow be able to smuggle myself onto a plane without having to pay for it because flying is expensive. And also the fact that I'm terrified of flying doesn't help. So I think if I like smuggled myself into a cargo bag, I'd be less scared. But Yeah, there's no windows. <laughs> yeah, is that really weird? Is that I'd feel safer just in amongst all the shite <laughs> than with the actual people? Well, once you get on the plane and it gets going, it's no different than riding a bus. This is true. I think it's the taking off and the landing that scare me. Like, they just seem like really daunting things. I think once I'm in the air, like you say, it's like you're just trundling along, aren't you? But no. Anyway, this isn't a podcast about me and all the things that I'm scared of, which is everything. (laughs) Um, For those crazy people who might not know who you are, do you want to give a brief little background of you and what it is that you do? Uh, Yeah, I'm always bad at this. Uh... (laughs) I'm bad at saying my name, apparently. I'm Sean Steven Struble. I am the writer slash colorist of The Little Depressed Boy for Image Comics. Uh, the Little Depressed Boy is a book about a guy trying to get his life back together and find happiness and companionship. And he just so happens to be a ragdoll. No, see, I was going to ask you about this, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Also, I would have difficulty saying your name as well because it's very alliterative and complicated. Why is he a ragdoll <laughs> and nobody else is a ragdoll? Because I can draw him. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a, a, as good as excuse as any. I can weirdly draw Daffy Duck's head, and that's about it. That's a really bizarre thing to be able to draw. Is that literally like actually the reason because you wanted to be able to draw him yourself? Well, I, I created the character when I was in uh, middle school, mm-hmm. uh, and like with my limited drawing ability, I drew it on the back of a math test that I should have been answering questions on, <laughs> uh, and. Then I just became obsessed with him. He's really simple to draw, and I've been drawing him for years. And when I decided I was going to do a thinly veiled autobiographical comic, I would use him as my avatar. I've got to say, like, Little Depressed Boy is one of those comics that I always have a hard time selling to people because it's like my absolute favorite thing, like, level with the Ninja Turtles, which, if you know me at all, you know how much I love the Ninja Turtles. So that's like a very resounding. Uh... Well, that is a huge compliment. <laughs> I love the Ninja Turtles as well. Oh. Oh, yay, kindred spirits. Yeah, like, the, it, it's one of those books that whenever I tell people to read it, they're like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, well, like, life. And oh, it just looks so good. <sighs> anyway, I'm gushing a little bit and I apologise. <laughs> That's all right. So you say it's like a sort of semi-autobiographical. I mean, it comes through quite well in the comics that you're a, a big guy into music. How big a part of that is when you're actually writing the comics? I There is pretty much no time in my day that I'm not listening to music. Maybe when my wife comes home because she doesn't want to hear Devo for the 50th time uh, uh, in uh, one week. Immediate divorce. Why does she want, not want to hear Devo? <laughs> Because I'm I'm currently on a pretty huge Devo kick, and that's all I've been listening to when she gets home. So I can understand her wanting some variety. Yeah, uh, other than other than when I'm coloring, 
all day there's music going. Mm-hmm. And when I'm coloring, I'm listening to podcasts. Oh, that's interesting. See, I have a weird thing where I can't really listen to podcasts if I'm actively doing something else because it just distracts me too much. I don't know. Well, that's the trick with coloring is coloring is completely a mindless job for me. <laughs> so I have to keep my mind occupied or else I, I you know, go. Have a little nap. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I slow down and I'm like, ah, apparently that's a word. Ah. Uh, <laughs> It is in comic book land, definitely. Indeed. Well, I am, um, me and my hubby, because it was actually my hubby who recommended I read Little Depressed Boy, because um, it's not like, like, I'm all about the capes and tights normally, so it's not something I would have, like, picked up off my own bat. Uh, and he gave it to me, and he was like, you've got to read this. It's so good. And we've actually been taking musical recommendations from that book. <laughs> which is uh, it's pretty cool because I'm terrible at music in that when I find something I like, I just listen to it on basically on repeat that I like. So I'm not very good at discovering new things because I'm just too busy obsessing over other things I already know. So it's quite nice, actually, that Rich has just been like picking up stuff based like from the comics. And uh, our current favourite is, and I want to say it's pronounced Lemuria, but oh, I don't know. That's how I pronounce it. I hope it's correct. Oh, good. I don't know how else you could pronounce it, but it's one of those words that looks like it could be wrong somehow. <laughs> I hope I hope I haven't been mispronouncing it, and I hope I didn't mispronounce it directly to the band. <laughs> Ooh, have you met them? <gasps> yes. Exciting. See, now, this is another thing. Like, uh, just meeting, like, super famous people is terrifying to me. Do you Did you actively try to meet them, or was it a case of, oh, I happen to have bumped into them somewhere? <laughs> Uh, I was a fan and, uh, I sent them copies of the book and said, I love your stuff. Uh, I would like to repay the debt of entertainment that you give me. And I sent them the book and they liked it. And I asked them to be in the book. And then eventually they came to town and I went to their concert and I'm going to see them again later this year. It's, it's pretty exciting. Nice. I met um, Maximo Park once and it was possibly the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life and I never want to do it again. <laughs> I'm so terrible at people. <laughs> well, it, it helps that, you know, I had like an email conversation between me and them for, you know, like two years before I met them. So it's I'm a little easier at warming up to somebody if I've had conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's it's easy for me to translate a, you know, I'm going to hate the word that I'm about to use, a virtual relationship uh, into a real one. Mm-hmm. Once I get past the standing 10 feet away and uh, until I get up nerve to introduce myself in real life. Yeah, I think that's that's like the biggest thing is that you sort of go up to somebody who you admire and you go, hi, I'm Stacy. And then that's it. I've run out of things to say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hi. Um, Well, I have nothing of interest to say to you, so I'm just going to go back over there and stare at you from afar. (laughs) Now, with um, Maximo Park, it was kind of hilarious because it was a a fairly last-minute thing. A friend of mine had won a competition to go and see them do this, like, really tiny set that was there was only, like, 20 other people there, and then they were Mm -hmm. signing things afterwards. And, uh, again, it was like a a queue situation in which I totally psyched myself out and uh, got up to the front of the queue, handed the guy my... um, vinyl of their latest album and kind of just went hi (laughs) (laughs) it was just it was like hi hello what's your name like trying to talk to me and i was like if you could just if you could just sign it to stace that'd be great 
<laughs> I'll go now. Just left. Like, oh, embarrassing. I know that feeling. I had a, I had a very awkward uh, meet up with uh, Todd Klein, the letterer, because I'm a huge fan of his and I'm a crappy letterer myself. But I'm like, you inspire me. <laughs> oh, cringe. <laughs> And then I'm like, I'm going to walk away now. The thing is, it must be great for them because I would imagine like if people just walk up to you and tell you, you're great, you are, it's probably pretty wonderful. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, it's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty great. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. I've got to say, it's like like one of the highlights of my podcasting career was uh, getting a quote on the back of one of the Little Depressed Boy trains. <laughs> I was like, yes. And it was, it was such a good quote. I actually saved that little section... <laughs> of your podcast and I have it in my iTunes library where I can pull it up when I need to feel better about myself. Oh, bless. Well, it it sort of doubly made my day because it was also right above a Donald Glover quote and I was like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I can die happy now. My my name has appeared on the same page as Donald Glover. That'll do. (laughs) Now, that was a a weird way we got him in the book. Oh, how Uh, did that happen then? Because I absolutely love that guy. I I was a big fan of... I would, as you were mentioning, you go through periods where you listen to nothing but one thing for a while. Mm-hmm. I was listening to nothing but Childish Gambino for a long time. And Cena was at a coffee shop, Cena being the artist of my book. Mm-hmm. And he saw Donald there and he, he car- carries around copies of Little Depressed Boy, you know, so he has reference. And he, took his own personal reference copies and gave them to Donald and said, my writer is a huge fan. I know he would want you to have these. That's awesome. And then a couple hours later, I receive a tweet that says, the little depressed boy is the shit. Know this. (laughs) That is so wonderful. He seems like the kind of guy I really want to hang around with, but would embarrass myself in front of. (laughs) I, uh, when I met him, it was a little awkward. I, of course, wanted to get a picture taken with him, but he didn't have a shirt on, and I felt that was just a little too awkward. (laughs) What you should have done, just to ease the tension, is just, like, grabbed a nipple and then job done. (laughs) Okay, take a picture now. (laughs) Sorted. I'm so excited by the, uh, the, the whole Twitter movement going around about him being spider-man like i would probably actually just die of happy if that happened i i love i love that you know before they hired garfield everybody was donald for spider spider-man and then the second that they're like we're gonna cast somebody new everybody's donald for spider-man <laughs> yes please i know a lot of people are a bit against it because the fact he's like 31 or something but um i don't really care like but i just think it'd be really good to see 31 yeah i think they've I th- i'm pretty sure that marvel have already announced he's going to be sort of like i don't know how schools work in america so he's going to be some sort of schoolish age i imagine about 18 i don't know yeah. Uh, but apparently they've announced that already, uh, yeah. which is a bit sad because that does kind of rule him out. But Just yeah. as long as they skip the origin story. I wouldn't mind if the origin story was essentially like an after credit scene in which a, a green looking spider bites a hand and that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> Everyone knows Spider-Man's origin. You don't need to do it anymore. You don't need to do Batman's origin anymore. You don't, you know, you have to do like Captain America's. That made sense because... That was the first good Captain America movie ever made. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. <coughs> I I have a really like I really hate the first Avenger. 
Uh, well, in comparison to the 1990s Captain America movie, uh, the, the 90s one has its charms. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good film by any stretch of the imagination. It has its charms. Those rubber ears. Yeah, but it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but at least the Red Skull wasn't like a pantomime villain in the 90s one. True. True. But do you know what? Winter Soldier was great. So I just shut up, Winjin. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. But, you know, they had to do an origin story because no one knows Captain America's origin except for, you know, comic nerds like us. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see, like, where they're going now that all the established characters are established, if that makes any sort of sense. Like with the Civil War stuff and the Inhuman stuff. Oh, it's, I'm so excited. Such they have nerd. so many movies on the docks and it's so good because they're actually in control of it. So I know they will be good movies. Mm. I mean, I'm a bit, um, I, I, I get really overexcited by the idea of Marvel things but <laughs> I always feel a bit bad for like DC and Warner Brothers because I get overexcited by Marvel but it's not like you know for me I don't think Marvel like all of Marvel's films have been great I know a lot of people like really rave about all of them but I thought Thor has been really boring and like I really I hated agree. I really hated First Avenger like I tried really hard to love it because I love Cap but meh yeah but like Thor was just pants, but then there was Avengers and I was like, oh, I'll just eat some of my words past the yeah. salt. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I said, or like I thought, uh, <laughs> not everything's going to be perfect, but the movies that Marvel is doing for themselves are better than the movies that, you know, Fox or uh, Sony is doing for Marvel, you know, so. With Marvel in charge of these characters, I know they're going to be at least of a certain level of quality. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it does make me slightly concerned for Deadpool because I'm a massive like Deadpool nerd. And that's going to be a, a Fox one, I think. So, <laughs> scared. I, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think the Deadpool shtick will get very annoying an hour in. I was concerned about this because... Um, that that five-minute video was awesome. Oh, wasn't it, though? It was but so good. An hour and a half of that, I think I would go insane. <laughs> I think they're going to need to be careful about, like, how much fourth wall breakery they do and just how nutty he is as well. Because I don't think you could go, like, full blind owl in a box nuts because I don't think general moviegoers would accept that as actual stuff to enjoy. <laughs> You're going to need a lot of scenes where Deadpool's not in the scene just to give you a rest from the wisecracks all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. I'm like, I'm hoping for the best with it. because. Oh, me too. Deadpool. I think Ryan Reynolds is a perfect casting for it. And I, I want it to be good. Yeah, me too. I'm I, just concerned. <laughs> I think a lot of people wrote off Reynolds after um, Green Lantern, and I don't think for any second that he was the thing that was wrong with that film. <laughs> yeah, he he was okay. He was wrong for the part, but yeah. he did the best of his ability. It was a bad script with bad direction and bad CGI. Yeah. That's why that movie was bad. Not Ryan Reynolds. Like my biggest problem with that film was why are you trying to cram so much in? Like the idea of a flipping intergalactic police force is a pretty big idea don't just show me like two minutes of that and then be like oh and here's parallax by the way i'm like the fuck yeah <laughs> it's so bamboozling i am um, i watched that with my mom not long ago and she was just like i've got no idea what's going on <laughs> i was like oh yeah you've never read a green lantern comic yeah this doesn't make any sense to anyone who hasn't <laughs> exactly 
so potty. And I, that's such a shame because Green Lantern is my favorite superhero. So I was so excited. Actually went out of the movie thinking I liked the movie <laughs> because I wanted to like the movie. <laughs> I did but the like, exact same thing with um, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> every time it came back into my mind, I liked it less and less and less and less until I hated it. Yeah, I've. I'm too scared to watch Dark Knight Rises again because I came out of the cinema like literally buzzing like oh my god did you see that bit with Bane and all? I like fell out my chair and then the more I think about it I'm like oh no but it was ridiculous and this doesn't make any sense and that went on too long and his voice was crap and like I just get, now I'm oh, just Batman. really oh Batman <laughs> Gotham City like what are you doing it's so- I'm going to blow up a sports stadium and the players are going to keep playing I just I was thinking about this film the other day in my fear of having like watching it again. Like, uh-huh. I think I either miss something in the cinema or it just makes no sense. What, like, why were villains putting people on trials and then sending them out onto icy rivers just so that they could work Cillian Murphy back into the movie? I wondered about that because it just it did seem a little bit like how have things got this ridiculous uh, yeah. so quickly? <laughs> Like, what's gone on here? Yeah, that film was weird. Sorry, I got distracted by thinking about <laughs> how weird that film was then. That's all right. Steering it back onto track. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> I do apologise. I'm, like, recently getting over a cold and I just keep clogging up, essentially. That's gross. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So, Little Depressed Boy is amazing, as we've discussed. Do you have any plans for other projects in the future? Is that your one and only baby? I have plans for other things it's it's getting them uh to a point that i can actually pitch them because mm-hmm. it's like i do a lot of writing in my head on other projects <laughs> yeah it's not much use there to other people <laughs> it's like so i can't exactly tell my artists on those books what to draw without writing it down mm-hmm. so it's like i've just been working on the plot for a graphic novel in my head for over a year and it's like maybe i should write things down i don't have the best of memory so yeah it's uh that seems like a good idea i have an absolutely terrible memory and basically essentially if i didn't write things down i'd forget who i was <laughs> so it's um it's going to be difficult for people to uh yeah to make said book <laughs> if, if you don't tell them what's in it that being said, I do have a backup story in a future of issue of Adventure Time. <gasps> Gasp. That's which that was a dream come true. Oh, my God. I can imagine. Like, I just... Uh, adventure Time. Don't even get me started. I Like, my love of Adventure Time is now bordering upon obsession. <laughs> I, I've probably watched every episode at least five times ah <sighs> yeah it's just too good although i gotta say like i just I, I literally just watched this week's episode i won't spoil it in case people haven't seen it but it was a lemon grab episode and i have no idea what happened <laughs> like at all i haven't watched it yet because i'm waiting for when i can watch it with my wife so ah uh, yeah it's lemon grabs one of those characters who i kind of loved the first time he appeared and just steadily has gotten so bizarre that i just don't know what they're trying to say like at all in any episode that he's been in since <laughs> just like what's happening yeah he gets further and further out there that is yeah. for sure yeah he's a bit weird <laughs> i feel sorry for the voice actor as well because that cannot be good for your throat <laughs> no i cannot oh dear When's that going to land in Adventure Timeland then? Because I'm addicted to the comics also. (laughs) Do not know. uh, The artist whose name is Ben Sears is 
owes me the thumbnails today. So, Ooh, so technically this hasn't been announced and I shouldn't have said it, but <laughs> it's been approved, so I don't care. It's fine. Like this episode probably won't come out for another week or so anyway. So, you know, there's time. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Is it, are you allowed to say anything about what it's about? It's uh, about the Ice King going to an open mic night. <laughs> oh yes i'm all all over that then <laughs> oh i love the ice king he makes me cry though me too he the way they just sneak those incredibly sad episodes yep. in on the show it's perfect yep and i usually hate when something that's supposed to be funny goes sad but you know simon petrikov's story is so good oh my god it's so good i remember that um the episode, I, th- I think it's called I Remember You or something, where yeah. he and Marceline are writing songs together. And I was just like like openly weeping at the end, like, oh, my God, what is yeah. this cartoon doing to me? Why? The feels. Yeah, it's really sad. I don't know. Like, if I ever meet Pendleton Ward, he's getting the biggest fucking hug. I'm not even kidding. It'd be ridiculous. Don't get, don't get lost in his beard. <laughs> he has got a pretty good beard. Yeah, I'm jealous beard. of that beard. If I let my grow that long i look scraggly this is nice and bushy and beautiful <laughs> he uh i couldn't believe when i found out that he did the voice for lumpy space princess as well like i almost fell out of my chair <laughs> that's so good <coughs> Ooh, bless you me. sorry <laughs> i really i'm just like falling apart tonight i do apologize i realize that i have been rambling an awful lot about how great little depressed boy is but that's kind of the point of people coming onto podcasts i think to promote themselves and stuff so if you were going to sell people Little Depressed Boy, like, right now, go on, do it. I just want everyone to read it so it never ends, essentially, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, the biggest trick is to not accept the title as a thesis statement. Right. It is It is not a book about a, a guy wallowing in his depression. It's about a guy trying to survive despite his depression. And it's about examining different relationships in his life, whether that's with potential love interests or his relationships with his friends or with his jobs or his record collection. You know, it's it's examining these different relationships and how those affect him. But for the most part, it's actually a happy book. It is. I think uh, the title is a little bit misleading, especially when I'm trying to sell it, sell it to people and I'm crap at it. <laughs> Don't ever get me to write a blurb for your book, anybody listening, because I would be shit. <laughs> so steering it away a little bit, what comics are you reading at the moment Like that aren't your own, obviously, because that doesn't count when you write them yourself? <laughs> I honestly haven't been keeping current on very many books mm-hmm. lately. Uh, I... Other than Walking Dead, because I'm obsessed with that book and (laughs) I can't stop reading it. Uh, But I've been going through and reading a lot of old books. I I just I just read the entire series of House of Secrets. What else have I been reading? Oh, I I read uh, Tomboy by. Oh, God, Liz. I am blanking on Liz's last name. And now I feel like a horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to walk over to my bookshelf and <laughs> look at her name so I don't walk away without having said it. That is, of course, if I can find which bookshelf it's on. Liz Prince. Liz Prince. I remembered it myself. Yay. <laughs> uh, that's all I can remember that I've read lately. Ah, fair enough. Have you I, been, sorry, go on. I haven't been reading enough. 
Oh, I was going to say, are you not reading the uh, the IDW Turtle stuff? Because, oh, it's so good. I have not. <gasps> Gasp. Well, put it on your to-read list. <laughs> Will do. It's so good. I could, yeah, that, I could honestly talk about turtles for like a decade. So <laughs> it's probably best I just shut up. Um, I'm amazed at how good the current cartoon is. Oh my gosh, isn't it though? Like, <laughs> I was concerned when it got announced because I thought, I don't know, I thought if it's too much like the old one, I'll probably be annoyed that it's not the old one. Uh, and I yep. thought, but if it's too different, I'll probably be annoyed that it's so different. <laughs> I was just really unaccepting of it. Uh, but then it turned out to be amazing and I ate all of my words. So I've <laughs> been doing a lot of that lately, eating all of my words. But it's, um, it's I think always I'd... a good thing to end up having to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. To be I would... proven wrong when you thought something was going to be bad and then it ends up being good. Oh, gosh, yeah. I absolutely like adore the uh, the new direction of taking it in though and i love all the little nods to all the older stuff like the comics and the, the mm-hmm. previous cartoons and stuff oh it's just so good i had the absolute pleasure of talking to rob paulson last year who oh, um, awesome i know uh does the voice of donatello and honestly it's one of the most cringeworthy things in the world i can't listen to the episode because it's essentially just me giggling for an hour whilst he does voices and i'm just going what he said no off and just crying <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous I um, think I think you're justified in that response, though. Yeah, I because think it so. is Rob Paulson. Yeah, he's so lovely. He's the one who got me into trouble though with the flipping post to post office. So you know, Rob, hey, rude. I, How dare he? I know. I was only trying to send him something in the post, and then the next thing you know, I'm getting pulled into a tiny interrogation room, and they're asking me, "Is it drugs, though?" And I was like, "No, it's definitely not drugs." <laughs> Terrifying. But kind of funny, so I let him off. You got a story. I know. It's one of those things that you just don't expect when you go into the post office. You're like, yeah, can I send this to America? And all of a sudden you're bundled into a tiny room. You're like, oh, what did I do? I was actually talking to my hubby the other day about how um, I might start like an illegal chocolate smuggling ring now that uh, the English chocs aren't allowed to be sold in America anymore. Oh no, why? <laughs> how rude is that? I'll just be sending people packages. They're like, oh, happy birthday. Here's some Kit Kats. <laughs> that, that upsets me so much because uh, about 45 minutes from my house, there's a, a British goods store. And I, of course, go there and I just go rate it for chocolate. And now I'm not going to be able to do that. I know, it's really sad. Like, I, this is a really mean thing of me to say, but I don't really like American chocolate from what I've tried. And, uh, yeah, well, I'm a Cadbury's purist. So <laughs> the idea of my, my lovely American buddies not having Cadbury's chocolate makes me sad. Uh-huh. So, uh, but, um, you know, if, you, if you're a member of the police force, you didn't hear any of this conversation, I'm definitely not going to send people chocolate yeah. in the past. This cannot be used as evidence in a trial. <laughs> Everything here said was a joke, quote marks. Such a joke. Ha ha, aren't we funny? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just conscious of how long we've been rambling on. Is there anything that you would like to uh, plug, like products and stuff? I noticed there's some fucking amazing new T-shirts going on uh, in the land of you, and it makes me sad that I can't have them. Uh, Yeah, uh, we do merchandise. We have T-shirts available on two separate websites. We have affordable T-shirts at (laughs) depressedboy.bigcartel.com. And then we have some... $50 really fancy all over print full color t-shirts available at Nuvango, I think it's pronounced, N-U-V-A-N-G-O dot com slash depressed boy. 
Yeah, those are the awesome ones I saw on your Instagram, and I was like, oh, I want them all. And then they're a billion pounds each. All right, I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> yeah, they're 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 quite expensive. I I'm aware. I want one of each of them myself, and I can't afford them. So, <laughs> well, the biggest problem for me as well is that if you sort of buy anything over a certain amount from the US, it can get slapped with customs, and customs charges can be almost as much as the thing you just chuff and pay for. So, <laughs> I bought a tea from uh, a tea in a bag from America the once, and the items came to fifty quid, uh, and I had to pay twenty three pound on top of that as customs. And oh wow! Like, that's like. I could have bought like a whole nother t-shirt for that. I was really cross. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I import things this. all the time in here in the U.S. You know, they don't tax stuff on extra. So I I definitely feel sorry for it. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. The, the U.K. is mean and its postal service is incredibly mean. But oh, well, pardon me. Um, the Little Depressed Boy EP that exists in the world, can people obtain that themselves or is that just a you thing? Uh, yeah, you, you can uh, buy that at themachineshoprocks.com. Search for Kepi Gooley. Uh, well, actually, you don't have to search because they have a big old link for Kepi right on the front of the page. But uh, And I think innerpunk.com has copies as well. That's so cool that you've like got. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I'd probably plots if any of a, like a band I even vaguely knew wrote songs about stuff I'd done. <laughs> well, that's funny how that happened. Was I approached Kepi at the end of one of his concerts, and I was like, "Well, I'm thinking about doing a soundtrack. Would you be willing to do a song for it?" And then he's like, "How about I record a whole EP about your comic, and it's just me, and I will press the CDs, and I will get them out there." And I'm like, "Yes, sure." <laughs> yes, and he please. Ended up writing a song based on my own comic, and you know, he's one of my favorite artists. I have 39 records from him and counting. So you know, the fact that one of those is with my own music on it or with a mute, not my own music. Uh, that's, that sounds really uh, egotistical <laughs> with music about my comic book on it. It's really nice. That's fairly amazing. I've got like two goals in life. Uh, well, not in like, like my whole life, like in my nerdy type part of life and that is essentially get someone to draw me in a book that's actually me as opposed to me just seeing someone who looks a bit like me and going that's definitely me uh, <laughs> <laughs> and get a song written about me because there are not enough songs with the name stacy in that are any fucking good is what i've noticed I can't name but one very terrible song which i won't name well i feel like the, the there's three that i'm aware of and there's stacy's mom which is awful that's the one that comes to my mind so awful and the number of people that ask me if my mom's got it going on which is a really inappropriate question because she's my mom <laughs> there's stacy look what you've done by the zootons i think which is really boring and stacy by ween which is about a girl who's kind of spacey and he likes her more than sue or tracy <laughs> <laughs> really working those rhymes so much i actually think he rhymes stacy with stacy at another point so you know it's a good one there <laughs> it's always good when you can rhyme the same word with itself i know my uh, my husband's got like such a massive problem with um black sabbath uh i forget what is it war peaks where he rhymes masses with masses he gets so cross about that like unnecessarily cross and i don't know why <laughs> it's pretty funny it floors me how little thought people put into their lyrics sometimes 
I always find lyrics a really weird thing because sometimes, like, I can pay attention to them and not have any idea what's happening at all. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say with this song? And then there are other times where I don't pay attention and I think the song's about something entirely different. Like, um, I discovered when me and my hubby were picking our first dance for our wedding that mm. there's a song we both love by R.E.M. called... <sighs> Shit, I forgot what it's called. Oh, well, I'll find that out and put it on Twitter or something. Um, but essentially, like, we thought it was this, like, delightful love song and then we actually paid attention to the lyrics just to make sure there was nothing, like, sweary in there or anything because of our family and stuff. And it's uh. blatantly a song about a man who just repeatedly stalks a woman until she just goes, all right, I'll go on a fucking date with you, Jesus. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> We're like, that's so inappropriate. Definitely uh. can't have that. So, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, it took us ages to pick a song then because we were so set on that one. We were like, yep, that's definitely going to be it. A couple of weeks before the wedding. No, no, can't have that. <laughs> that doesn't work. Not at all. It's such a weird thing, though, like picking a song for your first dance because if like if Rich had any say in the matter, it would definitely have been like Surfing Bird, whereas I was all about <laughs> like, can we not have uh, t- like Turtle Power by Partners in Crime? Because that's definitely one of my favourite songs and I would love to dance to that in a wedding dress. But, um, you know, you have to pick something sensible, don't you? Yeah, you gotta you gotta pick something that people are gonna go. Oh, that's so sweet. That's why I find it really strange the number of people who have like perfect day as their first dance. Something like uh-huh. that's a song about being alone and on drugs. <laughs> well, some people don't pay any attention, and they'll. Oh, I just like this song. There, there's a whole subset of people, and. Sadly, the subset is actually the majority, and those are people who lyrics don't matter to. Oh, I had such a hard time convincing a friend that um, Hey Ya by Outcast was not a happy song about love at all. No, <laughs> it's you like... pay attention to the lyrics, it's, that's not what it's about. Just because it has a happy feeling to it doesn't mean it's a happy song. Oh yeah, it's a cracking song, but it's not uh, It's not cheery <laughs> at all. No, it's not. Anyway, before we, um, before we toddle off, unless you've got anything else you wanted to talk about. Uh, nothing off the top of my mind. Fair enough. Then do you want to let people know where they can find you and or your things to purchase before we go? Sure. Uh, you can find me on the internet. <laughs> Good instructions. At Struble uh, on Twitter, S-T-R-U-B-L-E, like Strudel, but with the E and the L switched around and a B instead of a D. I've got to say, uh, Struble is a brilliant surname. Like it, it's Middle German for messy hair. I love it. I love it. It's my new favorite. It's it's a good surname to have. Uh, my own personal website is illiterate.rainbow.com. Uh, I'm on yeah. Instagram under Depressed Boy, where you'll see lots and lots of posts about synthesizers because I'm nerdy for those. Uh, <laughs> synthesizers and vinyl records. Yes, it's essentially. <laughs> The Little Depressed Boy can be found online at depressedboy.com. Hooray. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been uh, it's been lovely chatting with you. It was wonderful. I, I wish I were more interesting and had more to talk about. <laughs> well, to be fair, like you could literally talk about anything because this show tends to like I, I ramble a lot is basically what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so I have to be careful when I have like actual legitimate guests on. That makes it sound like the people I normally talk to are shit. And I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Snip. <laughs> um, like when I have like people on who have actually like stuff to promote and interesting stories about creating things, I have to really rein myself in because otherwise I'd just be like, oh, have you seen that new trailer for Superman versus Batman? And people are just like, that's not what we want to hear this writer talk about, Stace. Like, Oops, sorry. Well, I'm a big nerd, so I like talking about everything, so... <laughs> Well, uh, unfortunately, I think the only real news that's like dropped recently is the Spider-Man news, which... We already covered. We did. There's the Ghostbusters news, of course, which uh, I'm supposed to have an opinion about because I'm a woman. And I'm supposed to be pro it because I'm a woman, but I'm not, so... <laughs> I I think if you're going to remake it, I think that's a good, good choice for a cast. I... I can... You can easily tell which role each person's going to be playing yeah. if they're going to do a direct one for one, you know, I characters. Think, I think what bothers me the most about it is the fact that they were selling it as an all female thing first. It wasn't like, oh, we've picked who we think is the best and it turns out they've all got vaginas. It was like, we're actively looking for vaginas because, you know, ah, women. And like that really bothers me because I just think if there are better people for the job, like shouldn't they have the job? Also, I can't stand Melissa McCarthy. I think she's like the opposite of funny. So, <laughs> Well, what I always point out with her is, uh, you know, clearly she's going to be the Ray Stance role, mm -hmm. which means she's going to be the heart of the uh so we're not going to have she's going to be the heart of the Ghostbusters. So we're not going to have the overly broad version of uh, Melissa McCarthy where she's doing pratfalls and all that. She'll you know, she'll be more tame in her performance mm -hmm. if you know what I what it looks like is what is true. I hope so. I think I'm the thing just, that, sorry, I'm just excited that they have Leslie Jones on it because she See, is. I way don't know too who good. she is. I have literally no idea who she is. So she's, she's on me. She's on Saturday Night Live, and she's woefully underused on Saturday Night Live. Ooh, I never watched Saturday Night Live. Very hit and miss. <laughs> it it is very hit and miss, but it's been very hit and miss since the 1970s. So, <laughs> you know, people are like. Oh, SNL was better back in such and such. No, what you're remembering are the episodes that were edited down from an hour and a half to just an hour. Mm. And those episodes, they cut out the clinkers. Yeah. SNL feels like something I should be more in, like I should watch more because I feel like I should I would enjoy it. But I just I just can't ever be bothered. <laughs> That's really terrible. There are so Teach many good things own. to watch, though. So many good things. Yeah. But on the on the Ghostbusters note, I think the other thing that that gets me is that um, I'm probably going to get lynched for this. So apologies in advance to the internet. I don't think the first film was good because it was a good film because it's actually a little bit cheesy and a little bit hokey. Uh, I think what made it great, as opposed to just being enjoyable, was the um, like the relationship between Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis and um, Dan Aykroyd, like they were obviously very comfortable around each other. And I think it was them hitting it off against each other that made it good. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's the thing that bothers me. So I think if you're going to remake it at all, you're going to struggle to recapture that level of like amazing. But well, the, the trick I have learned, which is realizing they're going to remake everything. <laughs> so to get over the idea that remakes are horrible yeah, it, it shows a lack of creativity and all that, but they're going to do it. So the trick is I just go and I look for the best in what is going to happen. And instead of I'm going to compare it to the original because 
no contest, anything with Bill Murray is going to win over <laughs> anything without Bill Murray. Yeah, this is true. This is very true. And so, you know, but uh, on its own, it, I expect it could very well be a good movie. I hope it is. Again, it's another fingers crossed I'm going to eat my words situation. But I think just like I really don't like Melissa McCarthy and I'm not a big fan of Christine Wiig or whatever her name is. And I don't know who the other two are at all. So I've got like I'm indifferent towards them. So it's like, you know how when people announce things, you usually there's like usually one or two things you can be like, ooh, I'll latch onto that. That's good. Like, yeah, it kind of fell on its face a bit for me. But um, like me and my me and my hubby were like really fingers crossing for um, Chelsea Peretti to be in it because I think she'd be wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah, that would but, that would be amazing. Yes, wouldn't it but, though? You know what? They, <laughs> they haven't uh, cast uh, Janine's role yet. Well, see, this is another thing we were discussing. We were like, are we going to like gender flop them all? So we're going to have like yeah. a James in there or something. Well, you could you could get Chelsea Peretti to play Rick Moranis's role. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'd accept that. Definitely accept that. <laughs> but the but the real big problem is where are you going to find a man that's going to replace Gorney Weaver? Yeah, no, that's impossible. Because that woman is more manly than any man you can put in that role, and yet still super feminine. Oh my gosh, she's like the most attractive almost man I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. It's 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 crazy. She's she is both the masculine ideal and the feminine ideal. Yeah, she's wonderful. I don't know how she gets away with being so great looking, to be fair. <laughs> it's like she's stolen all the world's handsomeness and prettiness. It's just not very fair. Ah, anyway, so that's us coming up on an hour. <laughs> I do apologise for for uh, yapping on for so long. <laughs> I don't mind. I like talking to people. Me too, she says, when I can pluck up the courage to do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> great well again thank you so much for coming on the show and um you know fingers crossed i'll see my own face in an issue of little depressed boy eventually yeah <clears throat> uh, that could probably happen <laughs> do you know for a really long time i was can't hard enough <laughs> i was uh i was joking with rich when uh, we were looking at some like black and white sketches of oh i'm having such a blank on the main bird's name like Little Depressed Boy's lady friend. Why am I? Spike. There you go. And um, with dark hair, she looks just like me. So <laughs> I was like, oh, God, if she didn't have red hair, that'd be me, that one. I'd be telling everyone it was me. It's like, look, even her name begins with an S. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just grasping at straws well um if you think of anything between now and then that you would like edited out for any reason <laughs> do let me know oh the entire thing because i Never. don't like my own voice oh mate you should try flipping editing things like i hate the sound of my own voice and i'm just meticulously listening to it over and over again i did like a 24-hour charity episode last year that was oh, wow live and ridiculous um <laughs> but then afterwards i had the brilliant idea of um editing it down into small episodes and re-releasing them as well oh, for geez. people that couldn't listen live <laughs> oh my god it was the worst <laughs> <laughs> it took so long and by the end of it i was just like fuck it i'll just put some music at the start of the end and i can't be asked the rest of it will just have to stay as it is so i cannot hear myself talk i think i must have re reviewed like the lego movie about 55 times in that 24-hour period well, the Lego movie does deserve 25 reviews. It's pretty awesome, to be fair. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And Chris Pratt's just like basically going to be in everything. But <laughs> yep, it's because he's so lovable. 
isn't he though he's just got that cute little face anyway I'm getting distracted by Chris Pratt's handsomeness (laughs) (laughs) but it was lovely talking to you and um, I hopefully will speak to you at some point in the future are you um, planning to do any do you do many conventions and things is it all in the US I I you know I never get invited out to conventions because my book kind of flies under the radar so it's only what I can afford. So I generally only do American cons. I would love to get out of the country. You know, I almost got to go to a Russian convention last Ooh. year, but they pulled out at the last second and I was like, oh, that stinks. Aww. Russia kind of intrigues and terrifies me all at once. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah. It's like I really want to go there, but I don't really want to be there. <laughs> Sounds really strange. I have the same feeling about Egypt, actually, but that's more because of the intense heat and the fact that I'd probably die. Just crisp up into a... Yeah, I I don't like any place with sun. Yeah, no, I'm not good at sun either at all. Anyway, it's about the 15th time we've said goodbye now. (laughs) Let's see how many more times we can say it. And one more thing. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, hopefully I shall uh, chat with you over Twitter then if I'm never going to see you face to face and touch your, touch your lovely beard. Is that an acceptable thing for people to do, is just touch a person's beard? <laughs> if they ask first. Okay. I, I always ask. I'm not just like a beard rapist. Like Anyway, on that note, that's a good place to end an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for coming on. You no problem. Stay. Thank you for having me. She's got a chatting with sean i like literally could have just talked about everything forever and the fact that i found out he's a turtles fan makes me like him even more which i didn't think was possible so yes that was our birthday episode i hope you enjoyed it and um i hope you stick around for more birthdays to come that sounds so pretentious and i'm I'm very sorry but i do want to take a little moment to be a bit sappy and say that um i just want to say a big thank you to everybody who still listens it sounds really weird to say but i sort of I started doing this podcast and the reason I chose to do it with different guests every month was so that I could sort of combat my social anxieties and fear of talking to people and also just get more varied opinions and things all over the show. And it's it's been an interesting social experiment in the sense that it's failed a couple of times when I've properly just had a wobbly <laughs> about who I'm talking to at the time. 
But I think it's, it. I don't think people realise how much it has actually like really helped me. I've met so many awesome people through the podcast and through conventions and things and um, recording the show with people. It's just been a really, really rewarding thing to do. So I'm not going to stop anytime soon. If any of you were thinking that I was ever going to shut up, it's not going to happen. It's just not, sorry. So, <laughs> um, yeah, cheers to the parlour, clink. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice somewhat chronic today. Hopefully we'll, uh, you'll be sticking around for a really long time because I'm definitely going to be. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email. The address is Stacey's Parlour at gmail.com uh, if you feel like writing a song about me or at least with my name in you can send me an mp3 to that email address you know I'm, I'm just saying just putting that out there i am also on twitter as stace bob t i'm also on instagram as stace bob t uh, i've been doing a geeky february photo a day challenge thingy that's been so much fun so if you want to look at lots of nerdy things that i've posted now's a good time because i've been doing one a day <laughs> Uh, you know on top of my normal pictures of food and uh the weather <laughs> so um that's stace bob t as well and uh if you'd like to buy a t-shirt for the parlor or for podcasts on a half shell go to spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk i actually bought a t-shirt myself the other day and they're pretty good quality if i do say so myself so you know stuff for one up why don't you hey hey Anyway, the parlour also has a Facebook group that I keep forgetting about, so I just go onto Facebook, search for Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I've been trying to like engage people in conversations, so basically I've just been going on there and going and posting things like ah Walking Dead spoilers under the comments, and then just going on a rant. <laughs> Walking Dead, why can't you be better? Like all the time, Ugh, that show drives me so crazy because we all know how great it can be, and then it just farts out episode anyway. That's a rant for another day. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you all next month. Ta-ra!